You know, I, what's really changed to me is the personality-driven Christmas special that would be every year. And you mentioned, of course, uh, Perry Como. I spent a whole day in San Antonio, and that turned out not by his choice to be his last Christmas special for ABC right. back in 1986. Uh, and, you know, Crosby and Bob Hope and... Uh, these, uh, even the King family singers. And if you really wanted some heavy goo, Kathy Lee Gifford had an annual Christmas special for must've been about seven or eight years, but that's really changed. I mean, I can't think of any, you know, long running or ongoing Christmas specials that are fronted by a TV personality. Dean Martin's another one, you know, Dean Martin had an annual Christmas. Yeah. Special. One time he did it from SeaWorld, which I found immensely kind of ridiculous on the face of it, but that was Dino. One. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a holiday edition of Set Lusting Bruce. Uh, normally, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans, but today we're getting off the Springsteen train and we're joining Christmas Talk. And joining me today is the longtime DFW TV critic from the Dallas Morning News, from Uncle Barky website, now retired. But I'm pulling him out of retirement to visit with me. Ed, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, doing great. Great to see you again. Uh, still happily tweeting. Uh, yes. Where a lot of my stuff shows up now, but <laughs> yeah. uh, enjoying uh, the time off for the most part. Yeah. Is uh, is the, How long have you now retired the website? Of course, it's always there, but from doing new contact. Uh, it was pretty much around my birthday in January of 2020, so it's mm -hmm. coming up on two years, uh, yeah. already, which is kind of astonishing to me. And I, even more surprising to me is I haven't really missed it. I kind of hit a wall at, at, and realized that at some point you just go, what more can I say? Mm -hmm. Certainly COVID probably hastened this decision. And then it's very hard to write anymore without worrying about am I being correct here am I saying the wrong yeah. thing am I going to live in infamy if I do a review that uh, is labeled a misogynist or racist uh, you know uh, whatever the terms are these days uh, it's very hard to avoid offending someone on social media so that all factored into it 
Yeah, because uh, I was going to ask you, did was there has there anything that has happened in the past couple of years, you know, on entertainment wise or even socially where you you kind of had that itch like, well, if I was still writing, I'd want to say something about that. Probably Dale Hansen. Uh, yeah. Leaving after all these many years uh, as I was there at the creation of Dale over at mm-hmm. WAA and uh, he finally decided he didn't want to stay too long at the party, which we had talked about uh, several times over the years. And that was, he said, at least a big fear of his. He would someday say something really stupid mm-hmm. and be branded as such forevermore. So I, I think he got out at the right time. The business has changed so dramatically for all of us. And uh, so, yeah, I would have liked to have write, written more about that, but, uh, you know, certainly had written enough of, about him over the years. Yeah. Uh, for um, those of you who aren't in the DFW area, Dale Hansen is just was the sports, you know, caster for the ABC affiliate did uh, for many years, Cowboys uh, color commentary uh kind of has had a few of his editorials go global. In fact, he ended up being on the Ellen show, you know, and then another, you know, Mike Reiner quit, right. Just a few, like a month before you did. And that's another local DFW icon. I know I had noted that. And I think we both kind of suddenly came to the conclusion that what more can we do? Yeah. There's more to life. And another factor for me, and I'm sure it was to Ryan's too, was, you know, television reviewing uh, the the time now required, as opposed to when I started in 1980, is yeah. you'd get the pilot episode, and that was pretty much it if you even got that. Now you get, you know, sometimes the entire series or big, you know, a big chunk of it, and and for one show, uh, I found myself sometimes sitting at my computer watching it on the old online viewing things provided yeah. by the networks for a full day and it was like no this isn't healthy this isn't good for me i mean i need to yeah. get more and exercise so that has really changed we were clamoring for years well we need to look at more than the pilot right make a judgment well we got what we wish for and then some and it turned out to be kind of a nightmare along with just all the increased content you you can't possibly get close to reviewing everything anymore <laughs> So that was another, you know, I, I had, I had to do that two or three years ago, made the decision, just the acceptance. You can't see everything. And there may be this amazing series on a, you know, whether it's Hulu or Apple TV or Amazon, or even a network that I just didn't watch because I just didn't have time, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you just accept that. And then, you every once in a while I'll go back and there'll be a buzz and I'll like, okay, well now I'll try this one. And, um, you know, we'll go and like, Oh, this was as good as everyone said. Yeah. Another nice byproduct of this is I used to watch, so I'd watch say the crown and they provided the whole season at once. Yeah. And my wife loves that series, but yet I didn't want to watch it all over again right away. Yeah. And so she would end up watching it by herself or we'd wait quite a while. And now we just kind of experience stuff together and, and watching it at the same time. And I don't even bother. I still get all these screeners links and I don't bother using yeah. it. Anymore. I'd rather just wait. <laughs> it's almost like yeah, exactly 
way of viewing. I'll watch it on my own time, but yeah. uh, I'll watch it like everyone else does. Is there anything that you have loved as a viewer? Like I'm a big, you know, like every so many other people, I just was amazed at Ted Lasso and how just creative it was and how funny it was and how touching it was. Yeah, I think Apple TV Plus, uh, if I had to pick one streaming service right now to go with, uh, it's pretty inexpensive, and not only do they have Ted Lasso, but they've got full two uh, seasons, uh, two seasons each of For All Mankind, which is a reimagined space race series, which I thought was pretty phenomenal, and The Morning Show, which to me, an incredible cast. Again, some really kind of jaw-dropping turns of events in uh, season two, and Jennifer Aniston's, I think, finest work by far. I mean, she really should to me, get yeah. the actress Emmy for it. So those three series alone, uh, yeah. And then the ongoing, the Beatles uh, get back, of course, on yeah. the likely venue of Apple TV Plus, <laughs> but even so, they have to warn you, you're going to see smoking. Yes, I know. I Someone else told me that. I thought that was hilarious, <laughs> you know. But it is kind of funny watching old movies and you see you know, all the smoking and now that you just don't see that. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned For All Mankind. I, I forgot what link, uh, you know, from some, I don't know if it's the Times, Entertainment Weekly or some venue in my inbox, you know, said top 20 shows and some critic picked For All Mankind as the number one um, show of the year. And I just, I just loved it. I think partly because I'm at the age where I was a teenager, like I was 10 years old when the uh, Apollo, you know, heyday. And so I remember being fascinated with everything about the command module and the lunar module and all the space and to see this done and how creative they've done with these small changes Mm-hmm. And and how it's affected has been just really really interesting. Yeah, I really agree. Uh, I think that's been, in some ways, the most overlooked series by critics that I can think of. It hasn't gotten nearly to me the acclaim it deserves. And I bet you that critic you read might have been Ellen Gray because she feels the way I do about yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah, like I was really surprised that it didn't get nominated for Emmys of nothing else in you know, costuming and, and because they, you know, it's set in the originally in the, you know, 60s and 70s. And they've, I guess, and then, you know, how much I loved Battlestar Galactica from Ronald Moore. And I've loved Outlander. And I just think this is, I know he's not doing the day to day as much anymore, but it was originally his concept along with the team. And I just think it's bit, it's really entertaining TV and, and great storytelling. Yeah. I also like the way they seamlessly interweave uh, actual news clips from the Times. In some ways, they they alter them, but you can't really see the mouth movement being out of sync. So it's totally believable. And they also give women larger roles than in reality they had. But in a way that's not preachy, uh, you know, just memorable characters. And as you know, the, uh, the close of season two was just to me, 
pretty astonishing uh, how well it, how, the impact it had on me the last two episodes of season two. So, yeah, I think we both strongly recommend that to anyone who has not taken a look yet. Yeah, I definitely do. I've, um, I, in fact, I made a big deal about with my listeners because uh, when Bruce Springsteen released his latest album, Letter to You, Apple TV had a documentary on the making of it. And I said, okay, get the free trial because <laughs> you're going to want to watch the Bruce documentary, but also check out For All Mankind. And and I agree the morning show. I, I have, speaking of things, I have not gotten to season two yet, but we will over the holidays because we love season one. Yeah. And uh, so I'm looking forward to, because I've heard nothing but good things about the second season. Yeah, yeah I think it's even better. So yeah. Oh, uh, good. Forward to all right. So one of the things that I remember with your columns is um, back when the networks used to do holiday uh, specials, and I guess they still do, but uh, they seem different. And I, I remember you writing when Perry Como was in San Antonio, right? Uh, and so talk to me about, I guess, is it because... I'm old and I don't get who the guest stars are or is it it's just changed the holiday variety specials. I remember, you know, Bob Hope and, and Andy Williams and Bing Crosby and, you know, I, that iconic when David Bowie visited with them. Right. Is it just they're not making them for 62 year old white guys? <laughs> you know, I What's really changed to me is the personality-driven Christmas special that would be every year. And you mentioned, of course, uh, Perry Como. I spent a whole day in San Antonio, and that turned out not by his choice to be his last Christmas special for ABC right. back in 1986. Uh, and, you know, Crosby and Bob Hope and... Uh, these, uh, even the King family singers. And if you really wanted some heavy goo, Kathy Lee Gifford had an annual Christmas special for must have been about seven or eight years. But that's really changed. I mean, I can't think of any, you know, long running or ongoing Christmas specials that are fronted by a TV personality. Dean Martin's another one. You know, Dean Martin had an annual Christmas yeah. special. One time he did it from SeaWorld, which I found immensely kind of ridiculous on the face of it, but that was Dino. Yeah. Uh, so those have gone, I think, for the most part, but we're certainly inundated with Christmas, as you know, the Hallmark Channel. Yes. Into their Shark Week and well beyond. The show, you know, it goes on yeah. for two months. And those movies, are they're all the same, essentially, but they're oddly addictive and, uh, t I don't know, reassuring in some ways. If you just want to watch two hours of completely painless television that adores Christmas, uh, the Hallmark Channel and all its copycats, Lifetime, even the, uh, I think it's called the Great American Country, GAC or whatever, even now yeah. they, they're making their own Christmas movies. So that, and um, and then you have the, of course, the I think the movies, the, the annual, uh, the more or less classic movies have replaced the personality driven shows. Yeah. Now every year, you know, a lot of people will watch it's a wonderful life or a Christmas story 
or uh, Home Alone or, uh, you know, any number of uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah, Elf, Scrooge, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So there's an abundance of Christmas choices. It's just that it's not the same. There's no, you know, someone who represents Christmas. I, I think Perry Como probably did most of all. And every year, of course, he would, almost all of his specials, he would end with Ave Maria. And it became, right. he'd be in a church. And it was like, because he wouldn't sing it outside of church, which when I interviewed him, there was one thing he said. And I remember a couple of years before, he had omitted Ave Maria from his Christmas special. And I asked him about that. And he said, oh, I just caught hell for that. I, <laughs> that was a big mistake. I'll never do that again. And uh, so, you know, he personified Christmas when I was growing up, but my grandma yes. living with us, that show every Christmas was like, you know, a must see thing for my parents. And then it kind of washed over where as I get older, I sort of say, oh, this kind of reminds me of my childhood. And so I end up watching it. And for all the jokes people make about Perry Coma and all this uh -huh. stuff, uh, I think he was the king of the Christmas specials, more so than Bob Hope, to me at least. But those people are all oh. gone. Do you think of anybody that has an annual, a, a, a single personality who they build a Christmas special around every year? I can't think of anybody. I can't. I can't think at all. Um, you know, we, I, you know, I even think in a lot of ways, Ed, um, the on-demand and DVDs makes the Charlie Brown Christmas and Frosty and Rudolph the Reindeer a little less special because, and once again, I'm going to sound like an old man, right? But you, it came on every year and you're excited about it. You couldn't wait to miss it. And now then if July you woke up and like, oh, I feel like watching the Charlie Brown Christmas, you just pull it up and watch it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, it has taken away the specialness. Uh, yeah. Although I think... Yeah, if you have the DVDs, obviously you can watch the Charlie Brown holiday specials anytime. Yeah. But I think Apple TV Plus now has an exclusive in terms of oh, nice. You to actually watch it on television the old way, or or, yeah. or you know, obviously you can watch it anytime you want on Apple TV. Yeah, Plus. wait for the appointed hour. Um, I never got all that into those for whatever reason. I mean, I, I never really liked the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Burl Ives. Yeah. Um, those weren't on, high on my list of Christmas viewing. Uh, mm -hmm. Did, and by the way, I'm a, I, I, I get mocked by my family about the Hallmark Channel movies and I tell them they're just, they're in a lot of ways just comfort food. You know, there are certain actors and actresses that I always enjoy seeing on screen. And so um, I've been able to, I, I did a meet and greet with Alicia Witt. And, you know, we talked about Friday Night Lights and her musical career. And, you know, and so she's someone who does really well. There's, um, you know, several others. And um, so I, I certainly do not think they are, you know, 
high drama, but there is a comfort to them to just enjoy. You're right. And it's, you know, that in the end, everyone's going to come out okay. And sometimes I, you know, I grew up on Walt Disney movies. So that's, you know, my, I'm happy with that. Well, and they are making a financial killing with these movies. And, 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 you know, you can see that there are so many imitators now trying to do the same. But you look at the ads, uh, especially if they have a new Christmas movie and where every weekend they'll have like Friday, Saturday and Sunday, yeah. brand new movie. Uh, and the advertisers are like a who's who of major league advertisers who are probably all just, you know, begging to be included because what better way to sell your product than during a Hallmark Christmas movie. And I remember on these TV press tours in LA Hallmark, every year would have an annual like Christmas themed thing uh, oftentimes in the summer because they were building up their latest deal. And you'd have all these, it would be sort of a who's who of people, you know, the Bruce box lighteners of the world who yes. big stars and now, and Patrick Duffy, even uh, they were uh, now at Doris Roberts, they were making, Hallmark Christmas movies because, you know, they couldn't get employed for the most part anywhere else. And then they created some of their own stars. Uh, let's see, Candace Bure and Lacey Chabert. I can't believe I can actually remember these. Yes, two. I'm impressed. Um, quote, Christmas favorite, Candace Bure. Yeah. People, they are like, you know, the Lionel Barrymore's of the, of the Hallmark Christmas industry. Yeah. Movie, and it's like an even bigger event. And it doesn't matter who's in the film with them. Increasingly, you know, I don't know who any of these cast members are. They will sprinkle in occasionally a TV veteran, but not, they don't seem to be doing that as much as they did uh, in recent years. But this is like, I mean, that probably makes their whole bottom line. Every year they give you wall to wall Christmas for two months and they don't show anything but Christmas movies. You can turn on the TV right now on hall, not only the, Hallmark channel, but then the parent to Hallmark movies and mysteries channel, you're going to find, and you can join them in progress. You, yeah. you, you know, you, you immediately know what's going on because it's yeah. really the same plot line refiltered over and over again. I, I can't think of any surprise outcomes ever in a Hallmark Christmas movie. No. And you know, there, um, there are Hallmark bingo cards available fan driven where, you know, you go, best friend uh you know have to leave on christmas day for a big assignment or you know uh your best friend or boss is a person of color and uh it it just it's hilarious um you know and you they have an app where you can download and you can track the movies you've seen it just it is just a great uh resource and you know i'm always glad like you said there are you are seeing actors that, you know, are being able to keep health insurance and get, make money, you know, by doing these. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I would, you know, I wish I, I should have uh, paid more attention to that phenomenon at the time. Because us critics, yeah. well, we're kind of cynical and all sure. a bunch of Primarily they had a great dinner that night. Yeah. All the big Christmas decorations up somewhere in Pasadena at somebody's mansion backyard. But right. I always, I should have tried to find the person who, like the prop master for the Hallmark Christmas movie and the decorations and how are they all just 
continuously recycled year to year? Do they rearrange them and such as such that you don't think you've mainly seen them that way? Is the Christmas village, the inevitable Christmas village in a, in a small town in almost all these movies? Yeah. Is that just everything filmed at the same spot? Like for all 15 to 20 new movies every year, the same I, Christmas village over and over. I, I did think about that, Ed, that I would love to be able to have the money to reach out to go, whoever decorates the set, you know, come over to my house. Cause you know, we usually spend one day turning the house into our Christmas and uh, the boy comes over and helps us. And uh, his reward is we always go out for Tex-Mex and he gets to order, um, you know, uh, top shelf margaritas. That's his, that's his uh, payment for helping us Christmas the house. And yeah, these houses are ridiculously over-decorated. Yes. You can't go in one spot of the house that, that right. Garland or wreath or, uh, you know, the, I don't know if they go to the bathrooms on these Hallmark movies, but no doubt they would be outfitted. Oh, yes. They would have the holiday towels. I do think it's interesting that they have started having um, gay and lesbian representation that, you know, they have not done a lead yet, but they have certainly had the brothers or sisters or best friends uh, and a few uh, Jewish. In fact, there was one um, gifts of Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was a, a one that was built around Hispanic Christmas traditions. But you're right, there is yet to be, I don't know if you'll ever see a male kissing scene, you know, two men yeah. kissing like at the end, the, the, which every every Hallmark movie ends with. Yes. I don't think there's been a, a, a Hallmark movie, Christmas movie ever made. No. That doesn't end with what Saturday Night Live called a dry kiss. Yes. <laughs> Never any, never too prolonged usually, Yeah, but always, you know, and then you go to the distance shot and yeah. fade out and then they immediately, they don't let any commercials intercede. They immediately rev up another movie. They do. Um, and I did read, uh, it was interesting. Um, I watched a Netflix made for holiday, you know, movie and the main characters had sex you know, before they got married. And I was like, well, you can tell it's not a Hallmark movie because that there's no even, you know, a hint of that. Uh, it's, you know, it's very, very G-rated. is not. Uh, yeah. No. Which, you know, that, yeah, which is okay. Their brand. I mean, yeah, they, it is. There would, there would be an outcry among yeah. people that watch these films religiously that if mm -hmm. they had anything like that. They don't want to watch an edgy movie yeah. they don't want a big departure no uh, they want to play the little drinking game you know when you go <laughs> yes exactly um, and you know and uh, i've noticed you know it was almost sacrilegious this year where they actually ordered hot cider instead of hot chocolate and i, I thought what what yeah. thinking so uh they i don't think uh, of the among the new ones i can't certainly can't say that i've seen all of them but uh, um, yeah mattering of the 2021 films uh hot chocolate doesn't seem as prevalent which i don't know what's going on with that but they better bring it back soon well and what i love every once in a while you can catch um you know there'll be a folgers can of coffee you know because if several years ago oh, folgers wow. was there yes and that was their uh product placement um so let's move to new year's um 
you know, I was one of those who grew up watching Dick Clark's Rocking New Year's Eve. And it was at the time, it was one of the few chances, except for Saturday Night Live, seeing pop music on TV. And, uh, you know, now then, I, I am not the demographic they are shooting for. So I do not recognize any, um, I guess, if, the, you know, if they had Bruce or, uh, you know, um, some other people on there, I would I, I tune in. But um, they continue to do really well, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, I think the one that's really picked up over the last six years or so is the CNN. Yes. New Year's Eve thing with used to be Anderson Cooper and uh, Kathy Griffin until she got in trouble with the uh, Trumpeteers and uh, yeah. Andy Cohen. Uh, and it's better with Andy Cohen anyway. But I, I think Anderson Cooper, it's the one time a year where he makes an abject fool of himself on the air. And, and people, you know, any, if there are any news traditionalists out there anymore, uh, there probably aren't. No one seems to. Right. I think he gets, it's hard to tell completely, but it looks like he gets genuinely pretty smashed yes. on the air live because Andy Cohen invariably will bring something, a flask or something that you have to take a, have a drink every 15 minutes or right. whatever. So, I mean, that's sort of a guilty pleasure New Year's Eve special, but I, I have to say that they had some really good music. You know, it's, it's usually the throwback music, but they had REO Speedwagon. And this wasn't, this was the one I think with Don Lemon was on after with, uh, mm-hmm. and it was post midnight. And they picked up a few of these concerts live. And I, I had never realized or, or thought much about how many genuine power ballads REO Speedwagon churned sure. out. Sure. It was genuinely enjoyable. I thought, man, I mean, please put them on again. And Don Lemon was like blown away. And it's, you don't think of that being his kind of music, but um, you know, so I think CNN has become kind of the place to be now. I, I you're right. I used to watch the rock and Eve all the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Now it's with uh, obviously Ryan Seacrest, I think still. And uh, gosh, Jenny McCarthy, who gets right. old in a hurry on these. Yeah. So, and, and the other stuff, I don't know. I, I can't think of any others uh, that I would absolutely want to see or go to. Pretty much yeah. CNN now, if I'm going to watch any of that stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I, I enjoyed when WFA, for that a few years, were doing the local. That was kind of because it felt oh, that's a local band. And oh, look, there's Gordon Keith. And, you know, so uh, it was a fun for us because it was Dallas based. But yeah. then they stopped that. Live is brought. I think that's being revived. Oh, good. The big D NYE thing. So yeah, I'm pretty sure five now has the uh, local rights to it. So I, I'm, pretty, I'm almost positive it's going to be on again this year. And, and it may have been on last year even. But you're right. Yeah. It was the one that really in victory park made the big production out of it it did it was great absolutely that's so good um before i let you go um any thoughts on i guess brian williams has talked about he's going to leave his msnb show i always was a big fan of his and um was was a little sad about his controversy because based on what happened with so many other people you go okay you 
I guess you don't want your news ban exaggerating, but you know, don't we all have that tendency? Um, I thought he really redeemed himself on MSNBC, though. I think last time we talked about it, it is there's the same guest and they they are preaching to the choir. But that's what news has become this year, yeah. this season, you know, this this, I guess, time period. Yeah, I don't know if he uh, if he genuinely wants to just get out of the business for a while and re- regroup or retool, then he probably wouldn't be interested in the Chris Cuomo vacancy. Right. I think he will probably get a phone call at least. And whether he would want to do something like that, I don't know. I've known, you know, Brian Williams, um, I I remember doing a, a story on him and Matt Law. We got to talk about disgraced people. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them together, how time is our perceptions. But this is when they were both, you know, Lauer was doing the Today Show and Brian Williams was uh, his first time around at MSNBC. I think he was still there. And they were both regular guests on, uh, you know, Letterman, The Tonight Show. And they were and they were sought after guests because they were always brought something. They were very funny. Yes. So this piece on how the new breed of, you know, younger anchor, you've got to be able to do this stuff. You know, uh, yeah, it's kind of even predated, you know, you've got to be good on Twitter or whatever. But this was when, OK, so the networks put off, you know, no restrictions anymore on doing these entertainment programs. I mean, Brian even hosted saturday night live once mm-hmm. so uh i've always kind of liked him got to know him fairly well and uh i was that's why i was so disappointed not only in the the, the memory thing which i tried to cut him some slack too about the misremembering yeah but i really thought i'd hoped that his 10 o'clock central show on msnbc the 11th hour would be sort of a palate cleanser from all the agenda driven shows and it became anything, but it was kind right. of the same thing. And yeah, he's good with a quip, but he never got out. I don't know. It was because of the misremembering. He, he never got out on the streets and did any reporting at all. He sat in the studio yeah, and he had about a coterie of maybe a dozen people that were on constantly. Right. Uh, and I was just disappointed because I thought he could have done a new version of Ted Koppel's Nightline and, you know, and bring in guests that didn't toe the MSNBC line and engage them and question them sharply, but don't treat them like garbage either. Yeah. Get people that are smart enough that you respect their opinions at least. And he did none of that. I can't think of any time he had a, a conservative the only time he had disagreements were James Carville would come on and criticize the Democrats for making it too easy on the Republicans. But you never had a prominent conservative that I can recall. And I think yeah. that's Michael Smirconish. I don't know if you watch him at all on uh, CNN Saturday mornings. He's on at 8 a.m., but he's taking the Cuomo slot for now, and he was kind of a regular fill-in. If they would have the guts to actually give him that show and have at least a, a, a refreshing uh, one hour in the midst of CNN's prime time, where he interviews guests that don't necessarily agree with him, he has he doesn't just have the same old topics recycled over and over again. You can genuinely learn something from watching him, but I I just don't see him doing that. Uh, and they and they do for all their preachments. And we you probably know I've been harping on this that CNN is still the only 
major cable news network without an African-American woman anchoring yeah. a weekday show, unless you want to count the four to 5 a.m. in which they have a young black woman co-anchoring. But I, I don't count that. That's not no. waking hour television. No. So for all their preachments and all their, you know, everyone has to be diverse. They are the worst offender. Even Fox News Channel has a you know, black woman for two hours every morning. And yeah. of course, uh, Joy Reid talk about agenda-driven programs is on MSNBC. So CNN is still, you know, really lagging. And if they if they really practice what they preach, they would, you know, try to find a quality, you know, African-American woman to take over the Cuomo slot. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Ed, as always, I love visiting with you and, and I could just spend all day just talking to you about, you know, things you've seen in the past. It's, it's a joy. Uh, I hope you and your family, uh, any big holiday plans? Uh, probably just a little brief road trip. My son lives in Austin. So okay. Drop by there again. And uh, other than that, uh, I just got back from seeing my daughter in Florida who turned 40 Talk about getting old. Yes. It makes me feel older than she looks, certainly. Right. Saw my grandson, uh, only grandson, uh, who's now seven. Uh, talk about a step up in sure. vocabulary and knowledge in the two years you know, since I had last seen him in, in person. So, yeah, other than that, nothing definite. We're actually having a couple over for dinner Friday night. And I can't remember the last time. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we did that too. I, I know that feeling. Well, have a great holiday season, my friend. Uh, I will, um, you know, we'll, we'll have you on again. I, I know I want to talk to you, even though you're not of officially involved with this, I know it's, it's in your DNA and um, there we should, we should do a political because there's just, there's a lot to be worried about right now to me in, in this country. And I, I just wonder what's going to happen about it. So we'll try to talk about that another time, but for now, we're going to try to stay happy and drink our hot cocoa uh, and, and build gingerbread houses, right. And bake cookies. Yes. Yes. All the activities that people seek such joy in such abject joy in those Hallmark films. Yes. Yeah, you have a great holiday too, uh, Jesse. I I love talking to you, and this is great. Actually, seeing you, it's the first time we've done it. This yes, week. it is. It would assume uh, it does make a difference, doesn't it? Really, really does. So yeah, appreciate you asking me and setting this up, and have a great Christmas season, man. Uh, I will too. So, listeners, you, um, you know, check it out. Go back and remember some past uh, holiday. I'm sure they're available, uh, some different things. Enjoy your holiday season, and we will be talking to you soon. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. 
There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.